0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmett.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 13 this morning and the birds. Verse 12, it says, but when Jesus saw her... He called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And so Jesus, when he when he enters a room, the first thing he sees is the person with the greatest need. Or, or at least the person who's willing to admit that they have the greatest need, right? And he, he sees this woman, she's bent over, she's obviously uncomfortable and lived with this her, her entire life maybe. Maybe she's only 18 years old or maybe this happened to her sometime along the way, but he... He recognized her as a person, woman. He calls her forward. And she comes to him and she is then loosed as he says, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. And so he can do for you if you you have an infirmity. You're not just spiritual, but physical. I mean, Jesus can heal people, right? Does that mean that Jesus heals everybody that he come to him? No, of course he doesn't. You know, we kind of have established this, but I think it's important to understand that, you know, we, we go through this life and, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that we have aches and pains and we groan within this tent that we live in. We desire a new body that's made for us in the heaven. That's ultimately, and the older you get, the more you realize that. And that anything that happens to you in terms of healing is really just tent repair until you die of the last thing you were sick of. And when you die, you go to be with the Lord, and then you're like, "Why did I get healed so early on? Because I wish I could have just been here a lot earlier, you know, ten years or whatever, you know." And so there there's reasons God heals people to bring glory to His name, and so that you have more time to spread the gospel. Certainly, but ultimately, that's not our, what we're going for here, right? I mean, that's not what we're living for. Is that we can always be healed and that we can be healthy, wealthy, and and, and whatever on this in this life, this life. It is really preparation and capturing people out of the kingdom of darkness until we get on to the next life. And so he doesn't always heal us, and sometimes his difficulties or Paul's thorn in the flesh or whatever those things are, are to bring glory to him, maybe to keep us humble or whatever it might be. But some people believe that these spiritual infirmities are not physical at all in the sense that they are actually psychosomatic. And I kind of agree with that. You know, the more I've dealt with this, the more I realize, or the more I think, that these are probably not like physical ailments, which obviously people do have physical ailments, you know, diabetes or whatever, or blindness or deafness or whatever. Those are physical ailments that some people have. But did you know that some people are blind? because they believe they're blind, psychosomatic blindness, or psycho- psychosomatic deafness, or psychosomatic paralysis. And, and if your mind is convinced enough that you have a disease, people have break out in hives, and maybe you've even experienced a psychosomatic illness. Anybody ever had a panic attack? You know, you might even break out in hives, or, you know, because of nerves or whatever. And it's, it's psychosomatic, It's your body reacting to what your brain is telling this is happening. And yet, it's not a real thing at all. It's actually just a demonic attack. And so sometimes that's the case, and sometimes it's not. But there's been people who have had paralysis and, and MS symptoms and all kinds of things through these psychosomatic illnesses. And so how does the enemy attack you? He gets into your head. That's his weapon. He doesn't have any true weapons. He can't, you know, shove a, a sword through you. And so he gets into your head, and he convinces you of things. He convinces you of lies. And that's his, his entire weapon is to lie to you. And that's why it's so important to have the full armor of God as Christians, to realize that Jesus is our protection, but to keep our head in our salvation, to remember that we're saved, but also to, to keep our head there, not somewhere else, to put on the breastplate of righteousness. So basically what I talked about last week, but Jesus sees this woman as a person and he sees her as the person with the greatest need. In verse 13, it said, and he laid his hands on her And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I I mean, this would be something to see, right? You see a woman who's completely bent over. Jesus touches her and all of a sudden, er, you know, she's up. It's like, whoa, you know, nobody's ever seen her stand up. And she's just like, woohoo, you know? I mean, could you imagine what it would be like one minute, you know? Probably have to catch her because she's going to have a head rush, you know? to be down there. I don't know. I've, I, have you ever hung upside down with your head down like that? All the blood rushes to your head. Oh my gosh, it's hor- horrible. And so now the first thing she does is she begins to glorify God. You know, and, and that's interesting because, you know, some people would look at her and say, why would God allow that to happen to her? And we look at all kinds of circumstances in life and we wonder that. You know, why is God allowing that? And some people would even be angry at God. Why would God allow that to happen to this person or to that person or this thing or that thing? We have to remember that this world is under the power of Satan. And God will use that even in the believer's life sometimes for his glory. And to make a point or to do something, to display something. You know, th- this life is just a vapor, it's just a breath. And we may go through suffering for for an extended period of time, but in the light of eternity, that's just very small. And so, w- would God allow this to happen just for this moment? It's very likely that he would. Just for this moment, what, what God would do in that moment so that he might be glorified. And certainly, here's a woman who is going through tremendous agony, and yet what kind of attitude would it take for a person in this situation to be attending synagogue every Sabbath day? To make their way down the streets, to find their their way to the synagogue, and then be there to worship God, having this situation in their life, and yet here's somebody with probably a really great attitude. Have you ever met anybody like that? They're just going through horrible things. Maybe they're, they have some terminal illness or they have some sort of disability or, or debilitating situation, but they have the best attitude. And you know, and, and isn't it amazing when you meet people like that? You know, I was I was reading Eric Little's book, or the book about Eric Little, the the runner, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. But Eric Little, he's, you know, he's you know, a missionary in China, and he's visiting this church one time, and he just writes this little encouraging note on a piece of paper, and he stuck it in one of the hymnal books, and basically it said, you know, rejoice every day, you know, in, in Jesus, basically, and I mean, just a simple note like that, but there was a woman who attended that church, and she'd been burned in the face, and she, she was deaf, completely deaf, Almost blind, blind in one eye and and could barely see out of the other one. But she would attend that church and, you know, talk to the pastor and, and everything and they would minister to her. She had such a bad pain that they had to actually pluck her eyelashes every week or they would grow into her eyeball. It was just an awful situation that she was in. But she opened up that hymnal, and she found that note, and for whatever reason, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord ordained that moment as she read that note, it just changed her perspective. And she she just started to rejoice, and she became this huge encouragement to the people in the church of this person who was just going to rejoice and smile every day that Jesus loved her. And that's what kept her going, and she was just this great example. And when she found out that it was Eric Little who had written that, she wrote him a letter just telling him how that moment the Holy Spirit spoke to her, and she just decided to to have a different attitude, completely different attitude. Well, Eric had just gotten that in the mail, and he got onto a train to travel to another part of China. And there was another missionary that got onto the onto the train with him. And he was talking to him and just talking about how depressed he was and how awful things had been. And, you know, just, you know, that he was on the verge, really felt sometimes like he just didn't want to live anymore. Maybe on the verge of suicide. And And Eric Little just handed him the note. He told him, you know, the story and who had written the note and he handed it to him. And that guy read it and it changed his perspective. You know, if this woman who's been through all this can rejoice, then what do I have to complain about? To, to have a, a renewed mind and to really think about what life is really about. And, and so we see this woman who just has this great, great perspective on life, and, and Jesus meets her there, and, and he heals her. What a beautiful moment. And in verse 14, it says, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Notice this religious leader is a coward. He doesn't address Jesus. He doesn't, you know, hey, hey, you can't do that. He doesn't even talk to the woman who's been healed. He addresses the crowd. Okay, this happened today, but okay, everybody else needs to hear, right, what I have to say. And, and the suggestion is, is that come any other day and be healed on the Sabbath day. Yeah, what other day, any time, ever, had anybody ever come to the synagogue and been healed of anything?